I wanted to dial in on the topic of bereavement. Um, I know that you cover lots of different things and I think I need to have a series with you to cover all the different topics that you have expertise in. But bereavement is one that's close to home for me because I lost my brother and I don't know of many resources out there. And I don't think sometimes the things our communities say are that helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And so you're kind of left with this, well, I was left with the grieving process, but not really having any understanding or support or, or help through that process. Um, yeah. So feel free to omit any bits that you feel appropriate, but do you mind talking to us about your experience and your journey and, and giving us a bit of background on this topic? Um, yeah, so back in uh, 2020, I lost my dad, the beginning of 2020. I was um, about nine months pregnant. I was about 36 weeks pregnant and it was um, pregnant with my first child. And so this would have been the first grandchild on both sides of the family. And um, it, it, my dad passed away rather quite suddenly. Um, now, it's really interesting because I, 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 I've, I've seen death before before this particular death. You know, I, I've lost grandparents, I've lost um, cousins, I've lost, you know, um, just other people in the family, like uncles and aunties, but, n but nothing shook me like this death. I don't think I really fully understood what grief or loss was until I lost m my dad. Um, he, he, had, he had lung cancer and he had, had lung cancer for a little while, not a huge amount of time, for about two years or so. Um, and he was in remission and then all of a sudden it came back and we were hit with all of these words like palliative and, you know, stage four and blah, blah, blah. But never at any stage were we told that he was approaching end of life until he was all of a sudden end of life. Um, so what was what was quite profound about this death was that well, he, he he passed, but then four weeks later, um, exactly the same date, the following month, um, my daughter was born. And so it really was like two sides of the coin, you know, that, that kind of like life and death was that happiness and that loss was all at the same time. And I think that was what was quite um, overwhelming, really, um, and probably made the whole experience so much more difficult and yeah just life consuming wow that's really recent 2020 mm. um so thank you for sharing a topic which is still must be, still be so raw because it hasn't hasn't been that long it took me about six years to be able to talk about my brother um so i really appreciate that um with when he had the news and when you guys found out the news um what's that process like like because there is that question around is it better to when you're going to pass for it to be quick and for you to just um and then on the other hand like with my brother he had a heart attack so i didn't he went to work and i you know i spoke to him the day before i didn't expect him to to die the next day um so you never we never really got to have those conversations that I really wished we had had. Um, did yeah. you get an opportunity for that or how was that period? So 
it's really interesting because he'd been in the hospital for about a week um, and they thought he had a chest infection. Then they thought he had a collapsed lung. Um, and then they were saying he was getting better. And then all of a sudden on a Friday, I got a call to say, Mandat, you need to get to the Midlands ASAP. And I live in Bristol. And the M, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a huge journey, but he, you know, my parents, they live in, they live in Wolverhampton. So it, it can become a huge journey. And on a Friday, the traffic is horrendous. So I got this call about three o'clock to say, you need to get here ASAP. And that's, I think I knew in my heart then that something was definitely not right. Um, did, did I kind of have the opportunity? I, no, but I think that was partly because um, my dad was the kind of guy who wasn't big on, you know, goodbyes. He, we, we were, when I got to the hospital on the Friday, he, the consultant came quite quickly um, and the consultant didn't really know what to say, um, possibly because we were given all of these, you know, other possible um, things that, that could have been happening. And the consultant really didn't know how to approach the conversation. And I think he was really, really struggling actually. And, and it was my dad that kind of cut the conversation short and said, just tell me how much time. Um, and the doctor said, you're not going to make it past the weekend. And my dad shook his hand and said, thank you very much. You've you've tried what you what you could. You know, it is what it is. And just kind of sent the consultant on his way. Um, but and then and then he kind of my dad in, in 10 minutes, I would say on that Friday, about six o'clock, he gave a little mini speech to my mom about, you know, you don't need to worry all your children are around around you he didn't even look at me to be honest I think it was probably a bit too difficult for him but he kind of said you know make sure you do everything for the baby he'd already brought so much stuff for the baby as well um and he told he you know he told us where his little pots of money were where he wanted what to go where and then after that that whole weekend we had people come and visit because when you um when you're passing away and you're in the hospital and you've been given a, a, a time period, you can have unlimited visitors and it's an unlimited um, time, like visiting time. Um, so we, you know, he was swamped with all of our family over the weekend. And actually, I kind of felt like, you know, we had to kind of step back a little bit to allow for everyone else to kind of say their goodbyes. But there's... There's a weird kind of peace in his death in the sense that we could be there for his last moments, you know, and the, you can have some kind of element of control of how you want that to be. And I think for me personally, you know, my dad, growing up, he was an alcoholic and no one ever thought he would take on breath. Like his family used to laugh at the idea of him ever being on the straight and narrow, like let alone taking on breath, be, being alcohol free was you know, something that people would scoff at that, no, the abuse thing won't be able to do that. And he kind of like, you know, changed his whole life around and took Amrath when I was about three or four years old. Wow. And since then, he was really like, he was one of those kind of people that had that like undying faith in Maharaj. Like even when he found out he had cancer, I was like, dad, we need to sit down and we need to talk about it. We need to like be open about our feelings. And he was like, why would I worry? He was like, I gave my head back in 1997. It's Guru Gobind Singh problem, not mine. That literally was his kind of. Um, so for me, I really felt this overwhelming sense of like, I need to make sure he's maintained his key so well all his life you know, 
that we we read in Gurbani that like when death approaches, people get scared and they run away and sikhi shadow than there. And I was like, I I feel like I need to be his strength, his sikhi strength. I owe it to him as a sikh rather than his daughter to 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 do that for him and give him the best death possible. And I feel like Maharaj Gibba, we were able to do that. He, he passed away listening to Sokhmi Zaib. Um, and the last thing he heard was us, all of his family, doing Simran around him as he took his final breaths. And, you know, yeah, like, but it was really, it was really difficult. It was really difficult. And I don't, I don't know what would be more difficult, losing someone all of a sudden or waiting for them to die, essentially. Wow. Um, Benji, what was the what was the process like afterwards? Because in in the Western world, they talk about stages of grief um, and that sort of thing. But for me personally, I didn't I didn't think I fit neatly into those stages. And I read somewhere it takes six months, and it definitely didn't take me six months. So um, did you did you go through stages of during that period of time? I think there's like anger grief and etc etc or did you find it was a different experience for you because of your faith or because of sangat or what was your experience yeah i think um i think i think it's difficult isn't it because the western world gives you this kind of like you know anger denial bargaining blah 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 acceptance acceptance being the last one the last stage and I think it's really hard to fit into those, you know, no one fits into those pigeonhole categories. Um, I think initially, um, I think I just went into like this survival mode, you know, okay, I've got to, by default, be the strong one now, you know, I've, I've got to support my mum, I've got to support my brother, you know, you know, me and Sukhjeev and Singh, we were thinking, what is the Sikhi thing to do right now? Okay, it's it's to uh, arrange a Sajbat. Um, you know, Sajbat needs to be for 10 days. We need to do it in this much Mariadda. Um, and I think it wasn't until much later, actually, that the that grief really hit me. I think when you when you initially lose someone, obviously you you're you're hit with all of these emotions, but it's really hard to process. Um, and then you, I personally went through this feeling of just numbness. You know, I, you know the absorbs period. Some people are really for it, and some people are really against it. But actually, what the absorbs period in the Punjab community does do is it forces you to talk. Um, <laughs> you have to kind of repeat yourself again and again, but uh, by default, you, you end up then processing because you're having to communicate, even though you really don't want to, like, you know, you don't want to have to keep saying again and again, every Tom, Dick and Harry that walks through your front, front door about what happened, but it does kind of, yeah, it does, it does kind of make you process what's happened. Um, but I don't think I kind of, um, I definitely didn't go through that bargaining, the the, the stages in in the way that that it's kind of written or theorised. Um, I tried not to have anger, and I think it was possibly because when um, some of the some different gorsiks came and visited me, they you know I had comments like do part and do gurbani and. <clears throat> 
channel your grief into Berag for Maharaj, all of which was not helpful, not helpful in the slightest. Um, yeah, if, if guys, honestly, if you know someone who's lost someone, do not tell them to do part because they will be doing the part anyway, but that's the least helpful thing for them in that moment, you know, because I think what ended up happening for me was um, I think I took those things on board and then I felt like I couldn't cry and I couldn't grieve because I wasn't, you know, I was hindering my dad's journey to his next destination. Mm. Um, and what made it worse for me was that, I mean, I love my daughter. And she's the biggest blessing in my life, but her birth was really, really difficult. You know, I went from kind of uh, messages of condolences uh, and then messages of congratulations. Um, the same people that came to my house to do absorce a whole month later came to my house to uh, congratulate me on the birth of my daughter. And it was such a blur and oxymoron of experiences that I think that just blew my grief into a whole different dimension. Um, and it became it, it became it became something much more than grief. It became something called complex grief. Mm. Um, and I suffered um, kind of PTSD symptoms as a result of that. Mm. I, I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine what that what that must feel like in, in terms of how that must really impact somebody's mental health when you've got these two of the most major events in your life happening simultaneously um mm. uh in terms of um i, I actually got that I, I had i'm not going to say who it was but a family member said to me um you know guru gobinson lost his sons you shouldn't be sad that you lost your brother and and i didn't find that a particularly helpful comment um at the time so i think I don't know how much of it is people don't know what to say so they just say the wrong thing or they just say what they've heard other people say like it's hukum and you just and and we kind of know that right like if you're grieving and you've lost somebody you're close to you you understand that it's god's will but it it doesn't necessarily offer much empathy or or much support through that process um yeah. but i i've noticed a couple of people that i've spoken to who who maybe don't have as strong as faith as you do they they really question god during that period of time um so an example is my kid's school there was a dad who recently passed away suddenly and another dad was speaking to me in the car park and said you know um how can you believe in god when this guy was so young his wife was pregnant his he had a little kid and you know out of the blue he's just been taken um so how do you how did you keep your faith how did you you've alluded to this already with your dad being such a an inspiration um and you wanted to maintain strong faith to honor him but is there is there anything else that helped you in terms of from a religious perspective during that difficult period i think do you know what it, it, it's difficult. I, I, I didn't personally go through. I went through why did this happen? How did this happen? How could this happen? But I never went through the blaming Maharaj, Hannah. 
Um, and I, I genuinely believe the only reason for that, the only, only reason for that was because prior to my dad's death, um, Sukhjeevan Singh and myself used to do Larivar Katha Alokogartara. Um, and in Bristol, there's not a huge kind of Amradari community. So um, I was his Gathapati for uh, about a year. And um, I remember in December 2019, there was one Shabbat that, that we were doing Gatha on. And it really struck me to the point where I, I can't ever forget this Shabbat. Um, the Shabbat is, And um, what it means is, you're destined to die. But our home, our, the, the thing that makes us be like me, 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 is what makes us cry because we don't realize that actually this dunya is mitya. It's, you know, we're not here forever. And um, there was a saki that went along with that, that, that shabad, and it was about a mother who had had a newborn child and um, her newborn child passed away. And I can't remember from the top of my head whether it was Bhagat Kabirji or Sheikh Faridji, but it was one of the Bhagats that were walking by. And the the mother said to them, she was crying, you know, as you would, right? She was crying at the top of her lungs when her, when her son, her child, baby passed away. And she saw this Bhagat walking past and she said to them, do something, that you're a man of God, do something, that how can this be? And... Um, and the Bhagat was like, I, what do you want me to do? And she said, bring him back. And so through their kind of Shakti, they, you know, they brought about the soul back. And the soul, when it came back and it manifested in front of the mother, the mother said, but it's me, Madhuri Maya. I'm your mother, it's me. And the, the soul said, I don't know who you are. And I, I don't recognize you. And because Gurbani tells us again and again that, and then the moment that 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 soul departs, and that moment you take that last breath, that and I don't know what it was, but that really struck a chord with me. And this was prior to my dad's death. So I think when I found, when we kind of knew on that Friday that he's passing away, I had already kind of understood that when I watch him take his last breath, that this body that is left is not is no longer my father. So I think there was a part of me that kind of, I don't know, it was like Maharaj had kind of semi-prepared me. Yeah. But what I definitely did go through was guilt. When I would grieve him, when I would cry for him, I would, cr I would feel this immense guilt that I was a bad Gursik, that I wasn't accepting hukam, that I wasn't accepting God's will, that I wasn't, you know, being as strong as what my dad Sikhi was, you know, in in you know depositing my my tensions with Guru Gobind Singh Ji and being carefree, um, and I think that really that really messed me up, and that's why when people would then say it's hukam or channel that grief into Berag or this, that messed me up even more because I really wanted to cry, but it was just all locked inside, and I just felt like I couldn't, and it wasn't until possibly June or July that same year where I felt like I was really struggling being a mom. And 
Sukhjivan Singh said to me, nowhere in Gurbani does it tell you that you're not allowed to have, you know, human emotions. You, you know, Guru Sahib would never say you can't cry. You do need to let your emotions out. And that's when I then decided, okay, I need help. I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. But in terms of faith, there was a big part of me that just felt like my dad's gone now you know, and that was hard, but I didn't feel like I could blame Guru Sahib because I felt like Maharaj had set the scene for me through Hanshavad on that one day in December. That's amazing. Um, Babaji, how did COVID and that period of time impact what you were going through? Because there's a lot happening at the same period of time and then COVID as well. Um, and I'm sure other people may have gone through, um, they may have lost someone during that period as well. And I, there's a, there's a thing that, um, from Coventry, and before we got into Sikhi, we, we were friends at university, and I went to see his, I was close with his gran, and she was quite elderly, she was closing to, closing to getting close to 100. And I went to the funeral, but I kind of waited outside because there was only 10 people allowed in. Um, and so it was it was a bit of a surreal experience because you don't really get that closure when, when someone passes away because you don't get to grieve with the family, you get to see the family and everyone's wearing masks and social distancing and it's limited to, you know, immediate family only. Did any of that impact you? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, the thing is, my dad passed away in, in January. So the kind of whole uh, initial period of kind of seeing everyone after that loss, uh, you know, we, we did have that. Um, and but I think what impacted me was the the isolation that, that I think everyone felt during COVID and being a new mum, first time mum as well. It were, motherhood can be, you know, parenthood in general can be really isolating. And when you don't have access to, you know, mum's um, clubs or taking your kids like a play group or something like that. Um, and then on top of that, you're grieving. Um, it, it's really, really difficult. So I think um, I definitely increased and there was no kind of escape from what you're feeling because you know essentially you were experiencing what you were in your home and other than that one walk a day which was a godsend to be honest um but that but the, there was nothing else really and we were really fortunate that we have Maharaj at home so you know that provided us a real sense of comfort but um but yeah, I can't imagine for people, you know, my Fufruji passed away um, in the April of 2020. And I know that, you know, that funeral process for my Fufruji and their family was so difficult. Um, so, so difficult. So I feel like we did, we did kind of have that chance to have like a normal funeral, I suppose. Um, and the Punjabi grieving process in terms of the absource. Um, and I can imagine it would have been, you know, tenfold more difficult for people who would have lost someone during COVID because the isolation was so overwhelming. Um, for people who are experiencing, have experienced a loss and they're, they're having a period of time where they are really struggling, they're struggling with 
the faith, they're questioning God. Uh, I know this isn't your experience, but can you offer any advice or um, guidance to those people who who may be really questioning um, their faith, uh, just, just life in general, after going through something so difficult? I think it's really tough um, because everyone will experience things in you know a slightly different way but I think one of the key things that I would say is don't judge yourself don't judge your feelings don't feel like you you know there is no right way to grieve you know um, some people will just crack on and just carry on with their life and then their grief will catch up with them some people will take the time um, to sit with their feelings. Some people will question God and some people won't. There is no right way to grieve. Whatever you are going through is valid. Whatever you are going through is justified. And, you know, these things take time. I would say two years on, I I, I, I seeked out private therapy, um, partially because I had to, because of the PTSD side of things but you know um, grief just it can't be put into one box there's no one way of dealing with it you know reach out to people who what I found was really comforting was reaching out to people who've had a similar loss um, because I found that unless you've actually mm. lost someone that close you really don't know like I, I realized after my dad passed away, that I have probably said some really stupid things to people in the past because I've I've thought I'm I'm helping them or you know providing words of comfort, but actually they weren't words of comfort because they weren't words of comfort when they were said to me. Um, so reach out to to someone who you know who's who's gone through a similar thing. If you know anyone, talk about how you're feeling with them because I've, I found that to be such a source of comfort, being able to talk with someone who'd gone through something similar, maybe not even lost their father, but lost someone really, really in their immediate family or something like that. Um, being able to relate to them and, and feeling like, okay, I'm not absolutely losing it. You know, this is normal to feel this way. Um, and some days, you know, your grief will feel small, you know, you'll get through your day and, and you'll be like, I had a good day today. And the next day, you won't be able to get out of bed and that is okay that is normal you know so i would just take every day as it comes bobby it's interesting hearing you speak because it sounds like just from a lay person's perspective that a lot of the things that would help when you're grieving are similar things to when you've just had a newborn um and you're like struggling um like seeking somebody who's going through the same thing or has gone through the same thing and not judging yourself, not putting too much pressure on yourself. I think um, yeah. it's probably a lot of potentially traumatic situations where your advice could really help. Um, and I think I, I want to interview you again at some point to talk about the mum side of things because I think that's such a big area of what you do as well. But I, I really wanted to lean in on this topic in today's interview because I don't feel like there's that much out there for our community um, on this topic uh, in in articulated in the way that you have done which is in a very non-judgmental way um, I want to talk about healing um, 
do you, can you, someone said to me, and it kind of stuck, that you don't get over someone dying, you just get used to it. Um, so what's that healing journey like, or is there things that someone can do to kind of help with acceptance and that type of thing? I think um, you're right. There's you. I feel like your grief it it molds with as your life goes on. You know, um, it, initially in the in the first couple of months, or even I would say even the first year for me, uh, it was all consuming. You know, there was uh, I couldn't put on Sky Sports. I couldn't hear anything from anyone about Liverpool Football Club. Um, literally, it, it was a huge trigger. I hated Mondays. Uh, the time 7.24 was a huge trigger for me. Um, things like, I, I couldn't speak to my chacha. I didn't speak to my chacha for over a year. I avoided all communication with him because his voice sounded so much like my dad's. And I, I, I did. I avoided all of those things because um, I needed to protect myself. And I knew that I, you know, just wasn't I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't cope with it. Um, so one of the one of the key things that I did in therapy was identify what my triggers were um, and then not judge them and and be quite accepting of the fact that that's OK. You know, I'm, I'm avoiding these things and that is OK. I'm protecting myself. Um, but I think with time, my grief has, it hasn't changed. It's just, it's still there. There, like Genuinely, there is not a day where I don't think about my dad, which is so weird because my day is full of so many things. You know, when you've got kids, mm. you know, your brain is scrambled thinking about how you're going to get through the day with just your kids. But he's always there on my mind somewhere or another, but it's not all consuming like it was in the beginning now it's kind of like you know yesterday for example we were walking back from the Gordara and Bag did something like go away bugs and she did this hand action and in that moment I remembered my dad because he would you know like sometimes when he would be talking about something he'd be like and he would do this with his hands and Bag was just saying go away bugs because we were there's lots of bugs around and in that moment I was like oh my god Stephen like literally my that just reminded me of my dad you know um and it doesn't and those in that moment i didn't feel pain you know whereas i think a year and a half ago or a year ago that would have felt unbearable so i think and i never say this to anyone when they've had when they've lost someone because it's the worst it's just not a nice thing to hear but time really does help you know, but I know when you say that to someone, when they've just lost someone, that's not helpful because right now what they're feeling, they can't comprehend that. But time really does help. It does help it. you learn to live with your grief, you know. And if you if your grief is unbearable, if you are really struggling, you know, I got to the stage where you know, my relationship with my husband, we were really struggling, possibly because we also had a child, but because I just couldn't communicate. Um, and that's when I decided to seek out 
um, private therapy because, well, we were in lockdown, so anything on the NHS was not an option. And I, I was in therapy for a year, weekly therapy, you know, with a clinical psychologist for a year. Um, and it just meant that I had space to sit and talk about what I was feeling. Um, so, yeah, so healing can happen in loads of different ways, but that, that was just my experience. I wanted to ask about therapy because, and and we've we've segued onto that topic because, is there a particular type of therapy that you would you would recommend for someone going through something similar? I know your case was slightly well, your case was more complex than straightforward, uh, potentially just someone having straightforward loss because there was a whole mix of emotions and things going on but is there a particular type of therapy like i know there's there's cbt there's you know psychoanalysis is there anything that you found techniques of which helped you so i found um so it, it during my therapy i had something called um it's gonna test me now intensive uh it's basically the type of therapy where you have to go back into your memory um imagery it was imagery work intensive imagery work so i had to essentially go back into my memories um because i was having ptsd symptoms from it and that was partially because um my labor was also traumatic um so i was in hospital for the exact same days um that i was in hospital for when my dad passed away with my daughter um on the exact same dates um so i was induced so my dad, we were told on the 25th of uh, January that my dad wasn't going to make it past the weekend. He passed away on the 27th of January. And then on the 25th of February, I was induced and my daughter wasn't born until the 27th of January, 27th of February. So um, I, my two experiences of life and death essentially merged into one. Um, and essentially in January I was waiting for my dad to die and in February I was waiting for my child to be born but it was the waiting the environment the dates everything that just really kind of messed me up so the, the therapy that I had was to it was based on me going back into my memories and processing them for exactly what they were and splitting the two experiences um, because they'd become merged into one um, but some of the techniques that um, I found were really helpful were um, breathing techniques. So like breathing is um, absolutely incredible. You know, any type of breath work is incredible with helping really regulate your nervous system and, and calm you down. Um, but something that really helped me um, was different grounding techniques and that was using my senses so and, and this was something that Sukhjeeva Singh often had to do with me too um, because I would get stuck in a memory um, so you know he would have to kind of say to me or I'd have to say to myself what can I smell you know what can I see I choose a color in the room and say I can see a yellow banana I can you know smell paint or you know, I, I pinch myself, I can feel that pinch just to bring myself back to where I was in the present moment. Um, but there are um, there are charities that are available um, and I would definitely kind of recommend if you are struggling and you just need space to talk about how you're feeling, then, there, you know, obviously Seek Your Mind is one of them. 
is a is a great charity but another one that my family used my mum my in particular um she went through cruise bereavement um which is a, another charity which is a which is a good one and you can kind of ask for um you know someone who speaks Punjabi or speaks your native language and they essentially meet with you uh, once or twice a week and they kind of give you the opportunity to talk about how you're feeling and because they they are um kind of specialists in bereavement you know they 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 know how to deal with that essentially um but seek your mind was another kind of um charity organization that um I know that my family used um and and that was great because during lockdown, you know, you couldn't see anyone face to face. So being able to have that kind of point of contact once a week where you could talk to someone and you could talk about the sicky side of things as well um, was really, really helpful. Um, but yeah. I will add those resources to the description box because I think they'll be really helpful. Um, so thank you for sharing those. Where can people find out more about you? Where can people follow your journey? Because I know helping people with the bereavement stuff and sharing your story is only one part of what you do. Um, so can you talk to us about what you're doing, um, how you're doing Prachar and, and helping people out there and yeah, all of that stuff. So, so at the moment, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an Instagrammer. Like I'm just someone who made a public profile um, last year. And I think the reason why I decided to make Darth Mom on Instagram was because, well, I felt isolated. That was what it was. I felt like I needed someone to validate my experiences as a mom. Um, that that was the overwhelming thing. You know, I felt like I didn't have any kind of mom. I had mom friends, but like, you know, there was just no like sense of community or you know, my kid's got a cold, what do I do? Or we're going through a heat wave, how many layers should she be wearing? And should I have the bakar right next to her or should it be on road? You know, just basic things that, you know, we didn't have access to during lockdown. So I created that mom on the back of that. Um, and then I decided to share kind of my experience of losing my dad and how that impacted my, uh, my, my journey of motherhood because it definitely did impact it. And I, and I found that actually there were loads of people who've been through what I've been through where they, they've had a loss during um, that antenatal period or even that postnatal period. Um, and, you know, I've connected with so many people and we've been able to share that experience together, really. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just Instagram. I, I never, ever thought that, you know, so many people would... Um, kind of find um what I put out there so so relatable but I suppose that's what life is you know my Instagram is just me sharing my life essentially um the, the content is my life and I think it's just nice to be able to be able to relate to other people and and for people to be able to relate to me um so yeah I think it you help in more ways than you probably realize and it's having a big impact so thank you for everything that you do